Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings. And I am so fired up for this week on so many levels. Already posted today the interview on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast with Ben Standing. He is the single best mock drafter on the planet over the last 10 years. That is predicting what teams will do. Today on the College Draft Podcast, a little bit different. It's all built up to this. Emery Hunt and I are going to predict what teams should do, our opinion of what they should, not what we think they will do, but what they should do. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL on all the different social media platforms. You know about the Ross Tucker football podcast. I already told you about that tomorrow on the Even Money podcast. We will place all of our NFL draft bets. So you're going to want to listen to that one. And then, of course, on Wednesday, we've got the Fantasy Feast podcast breaking down exactly what we're going to do with some of the selections that Ben Standing made in his mock draft. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Andrew Brandt Wednesday. I'll go over the first round of the draft with Greg Cosell Friday morning. And then, of course, Emery and I will go in-depth over the next few weeks breaking down the NFL draft team by team, giving you our thoughts. Emery, of course, can always be found at F-Ball Game Plan. That's where you can see him on social media. He's Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then, of course, still time, footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. If you're like half my college buddies and you don't dare study for something until it's two or three days before the test, you can still easily go to footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide and get your PDF that has scouting reports on every single player. All right, Emery, no time to waste, man. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'll do the odds. You'll do the evens. And we're just going to say what we think these teams should do and why. Uh, I'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No fancy music, no whatever. 
I think they should take Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he was the number one recruit in high school for a reason. He was impressive when I met him when he was in high school. I think he came to Clemson. I mean, you win a national championship as a true freshman. That's awfully impressive. Didn't do anything to dissuade me the next two years. The amount of pressure and attention that's been on him really since ninth grade, and he's been able to handle it, I, I think he's the guy that Jag should take number one overall. Now, I agree with you, man. That's a great pick. So at number two with the Jets, based off the latter part of what you just said, being in the spotlights for since ninth grade, handling the spotlight, going to Clemson and winning a national championship as a freshman, getting thrown into the fire, playing in big games over the course of his career. That's why I'm taking Justin Fields at number two with the Jets. I feel like for this particular market, they need someone that can handle the pressure. Fields has been battle-tested. You think about what he had to follow going to Ohio State. Dwayne Haskins coming off a Heisman finalist season where he broke Big Ten records, Ohio State records, NCAA records, and got a Big Ten championship all in his one season of starting. Justin Fields went ahead and did that two years in a row. So coming out here to New York is definitely where you want someone that can handle the pressure, not be swayed by the booze that's going to happen when he throws his first incomplete pass in a preseason game. You need someone that's mentally tough for the situation. That's why I'm going Justin Fields. So if it plays out that way, I think the Niners at three should take Zach Wilson. Um, and maybe they don't need Zach Wilson. Maybe Kyle Shanahan thinks he can have Mac Jones as an executor of the offense. But I've seen ridiculous throw after ridiculous throw from Zach Wilson. I kind of like that he's had to overcome adversity of the injury, competing for his starting job. And I love the idea of him being a part of that bootleg game and play-action game that Kyle Shanahan has because he's an athlete and he can rip it. If it plays out this way, it's, I would take Zach Wilson at three if I'm the Niners. I think that's the most ideal fit for Wilson, to be completely honest, because of what you talked about, the bootleg game. I think he's the best at throwing on the move. And him with that wide zone offense coming off play action, my goodness. You know, I just love that fit for Zach Wilson. I would have went there that way uh, as well. At pick four, Atlanta, you know, everyone's looking at Kyle Pitts, but this is an era of football where teams tried out two number one wide receivers. The Falcons last year took A.J. Terrell, who was outstanding toward the back end of the season. They have Kendall Sheffield, who I think is a very good corner, cover corner. He's a good slot corner. Why not double down on that position and take the best corner in the in the class at, at number one and Patrick Sertan out of Alabama? So now you walk into a situation with two number ones and a solid number two as your third corner. I like that matchup. Two tall corners that can match up in press and man coverage. It'll be hard to complete passes against Atlanta with Sertan paired up with A.J. Terrell and Kendall Sheffield. At number five, the Bengals, uh, they have their choice of Penny Sewell, Kyle Pitts, and Jamar Chase. For me, it's Kyle Pitts all day. I think he's the most likely player in this draft to be a Pro Football Hall of Famer. They already have pretty good receivers with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Plus, they can get a receiver or an old lineman at the top of round two and top of round three. You can only get Kyle Pitts right here and right now. Bengals take Kyle Pitts at five. Love that. <clears throat> Love that pick because they did it last year when they took 
Burrow at one and got T freaking Higgins at the top of the second round. So you're absolutely right. Pick six Dolphins, first of their two first round picks. I'm noticing a trend with Miami. They want speed. They want to be an explosive, fast team. There's no game break. There's no Saquon Barkley take here at six. Otherwise, that would have been my pick. But there is speed at wide receiver. I'm going Jamar Chase. I think he's the most polished of the receivers. He's explosive. He's dynamic. He's a big playmaker waiting to happen. And I think with Will Fuller, the signing, they can kick him inside and have Jamar Chase on the outside along with Devontae Parker. I'm going with Chase. So that brings up the Lions, which is really interesting because the Lions need a receiver. They need a linebacker. I mean, they need a lot. <laughs> the Lions need a lot. And they've got Penny Sewell, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell among the guys on the board. I think if it plays out like this, I think that the Detroit Lions should take Jalen Waddell. I think they need a difference-making speed player that can be a playmaker for golf or whoever they eventually get at quarterback. So if if I'm the Lions there, I'm taking Waddle. Love that one. They have no one that threatens you right now on the perimeter uh, at wide receiver. So that one makes complete sense. So at pick eight, I'm looking at Carolina. And I think they're going to give Sam Darnold. Otherwise, you don't make a move for Sam Darnold if you have a Teddy Bridgewater there already. Uh, So Darnold is going to be their guy. Uh, So I think you have to look at protecting him up front. And I'm going with Rashawn Slater. The reason why I'm going with Slater, because he can play anywhere up front. And so that allows you the flexibility to put him anywhere up front. Greg Little, they drafted out of Ole Miss a couple of years ago. Let's allow him to grow, develop into someone. And so now you can put where, uh, Slater where you see fit. And I think that'll be perfect, whether you want to play him at center, guard, or tackle. He's the best, most versatile tackle or offensive lineman, I believe, in the class. You know, it's interesting because on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, Ben Standig, who is the best mock drafter in the world over the last 10 years, he had the Broncos trading from nine to four to get Trey Lance. With the way it's playing out for what we think these teams should do, I believe that the Denver Broncos should draft Trey Lance at nine if it plays out like this, I'm not sold on Drew Locke. And you get a guy like Trey Lance. Look, you can give Locke half the year to show what he can do. Let Trey Lance ease into it a little bit if you want. But I, I don't think you can pass on Trey Lance at nine. That's who the Broncos take. Yeah, you know, and I like Drew Locke. And so I, I kind of want to see him win, went out and play well. But I can understand taking the, the high upside player in Lance. At 10 are the Cowboys. Uh, to me, cornerback all day, and that's J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. He's aggressive. He's athletic. He plays the ball very well and gives him someone that can really take away a team's number one receiver. He's not afraid to travel either, so I like that about his game. So this is really interesting for the Giants now because Penny Sewell is still there. Devontae Smith is still there. Micah Parsons is still there. I feel like this would be very difficult for uh, Dave Gettleman at this point because uh, he, he really pro- – they really I, – I bet you they would be thrilled. I mean, because honestly, Emery, they would take any one of those three guys. Mm-hmm. They'd be happy with any of them. But you just took Andrew Thomas last year in the first round. 
and you took Pierre in the third round. I don't know that you go back with Penny Sewell, especially with Solder. He is going to come back this year. You got Galladay in free agency. I think that, I think that if it plays out this way, I think they got – look, I'm not going to say that he's Lawrence Taylor because he's not, but Micah Parsons has rare, rare physical ability, and they could even use him in obvious passing downs as an edge rusher. I think if it plays out this way, the Giants should take Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. I feel the same exact way in the real draft, Ross. You think about what they have already defensively. There's a stud up front in Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence is trending that way. There's a stud in the second level with how they uh, they brought in uh, James Bradbury last year, and they have a, a bunch of talent on the back end. They need a stud at the at the second level, you know, at linebacker, and, and Parsons would be the most ideal fit because there's only one of him in this class. Pick 12, Philadelphia. With the two top corners gone, I would have gone corner if either one of those guys would have fell there at pick 12. But with Devonta Smith still on the board, that's my next best option. What a great fallback plan for Philadelphia, getting the Heisman Trophy winner to help Jalen Hurts, you know, take that next step this year as the second full season of starting, uh, his first full season of starting. So I'm going with Devonta Smith, the Heisman winner, wide receiver out of Alabama. I don't know if you can see it, but Tom Telesco, the Chargers GM, crying tears of joy that somehow at 13 – they got arguably the best player at by far their biggest position and need offensive tackle. They take Penny Sewell at 13 to be with his, his boy, Justin Herbert. Uh, that would be a no-brainer at this point in the draft for the Chargers. Yeah, Penny Sewell, 13. Run up and get those offensive linemen. Uh, and at 14, I'm with the Vikings. And, and because Trey Lance is off the board, I, wasn't, I can't go quarterback here uh, because – you know, Kirk Cousins is 51, 51 and two as a starting quarterback. He is legit stealing money uh, right now as a starting quarterback. However, there is a gaping hole at defensive end. And so I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips, the pass rusher out of Miami to, to put him up front in Mike Zimmer's defense and let him just wreck havoc all day. I like that pick quite a bit. That kid, I, I might've told you this when I did the U S army bowl, Emery, he was the most impressive, maybe even the most impressive prospect I've ever seen at the U.S. Army Bowl. I mean, he was like 6'6", 250, and just beating guys like a drum. All I remember thinking he would get drafted out of high school. I don't know how high, and I'm not saying like he's ready to be a pro. Like I'm not saying right. I'm just saying if he had been allowed to enter the NFL draft after high school, somebody would have drafted him at some point. I guarantee it. Uh, and I'd be, and I would have been fascinated to see how high, because he was that good. Fifteen for the Patriots. If it falls this way, they got to take Mac Jones. I mean, he's this year's version of a more athletic Tom Brady. We have twenty-two years in a row. We got a more athletic Tom Brady. Never happened once, by the way. But I do think Mac Jones, like they can really go right back to the whole Tom Brady playbook. Now it's a little weird because Cam's there, but. Mac Jones has a lot of similar skills to Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady. I can, I'll tell you, in fact, right now, he won't be. But he at least has similar skills. That's who they should draft. If he's just sitting for them at 15, that's who the Patriots should take. At worst, he's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And so it it's definitely still helps you out if you're New England. 
Uh, 16, we're at Arizona. I think they need help on a perimeter, on defense. I, I hate seeing people keep stockpiling offensive talent uh, to Arizona. No, they need to stop people. So I'm going with a cornerback here. I'm going to trust my doctors, the Immigrant School of Medicine, that Caleb Farley is healthy. Let's go Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, the cornerback with tremendous ball skills. Man, they replaced Patrick Peterson with a guy that, you know, has some Patrick Peterson-like skills. I love it. So now the Raiders are on the clock. And you've got the Christians, Barmar, Barmore, Darisau, Trayvon Morig, uh, Rashad. I don't think they love the fact that the top three corners are gone. I think that probably would have been where they go. I have a sense that they probably really like Trayvon Morig from TCU. Good middle of the field safety. I think that's who the Raiders should take if it plays out this way. Trayvon Morig from TCU. All right. I like him. Uh, and I think they do need help at all three levels, to be honest, on defense. Miami's back up with their second first-round pick, and they need a backfield mate to to go with Tua Tagovailoa. It's a gaping hole on defense. And it may be interesting to some, the pick I'm going to go here, but it makes sense when you think about what I said earlier in the show, how they're building a speed, fast-break offense. So why not continue that trend with uh, Travis Etienne out of Clemson? You know, you want speed, explosiveness. You got Will Fuller. You got Mike Jasicki, who's a stretch vertical player at tight end. We just added Jamar Chase, who's a 4-3 guy that, that's explosive. Travis Etienne has ridiculous explosiveness coming from the backfield. It'll be hard to defend this Miami offense. Too much speed out there on the field. So I'm plugging these in as we go. Man, PFF has him ranked really low. I, I had to try to find him. It's interesting. PFF um, only likes quarterbacks and receivers. If it's not a quarterback or receiver, it's a failed draft for PFF. So they want to build a seven on seven team. Let's leave PFF out of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Washington at 19. I'm just using their mock draft simulator. So I'm plugging in who you're taking, and I can see who's still available. Um, for this exercise. 19, I think Washington would be thrilled the way this played out. And I think that they they need an offensive tackle. I think they would come down to Christian Darisau from Virginia Tech and Vera Tucker from USC. I'm going to go Vera Tucker from USC because of the guard tackle flexibility. I think they think he can play tackle. Little questions about Darisau's motor maybe. I'll go Vera Tucker to Washington at 19 especially when you have a, a Sadiq Charles that they drafted last year fairly high, and they like him as a tackle. So it gives them two young players to work into the mix up front. So I, I, I like how that makes sense uh, for Washington. At 20, we have Chicago. Um, I like the physical nature of what they do defensively, and they lose Kyle Fuller. So they got to bring in someone that's a that's a gnat, a, you know, a, an asshole, so to speak, out there on the cornerback at corner. So Greg Newsom out of – Northwestern with how physical he plays and how frustrating it would be for him uh, to be a receiver to go against him. Greg Newsom makes all kind of sense for Chicago at pick 20. Yeah. And I think if it plays out just like this, the Colts will be pretty happy. They'll take Christian Darisau, the Virginia tech left tackle. I was there the first game he started as a true freshman, that that Sunday night game or Monday night game, Labor Day weekend against Florida state. They need a left tackle pretty badly. And uh, Darisau, even if he's not ready right away, they got other guys, Davenport and whatever. But 
Darisau can be eventually Anthony Costanzo's replacement at left tackle in Indy. All right, now here we are, pick 22. Tennessee is up on the board. Um, I have a question. Is Waddle still on the board? No. He is gone. So I took Waddle at like seven with Detroit. Now, if you're now if you're Tennessee, you're like, man, that was a guy that we needed to go vertical down the field to help open up the offense. So on the flip side of that, I'm going with someone that can get after the quarterback. And I look at someone that's a good edge rusher. Because right now you'll know how healthy Bud Dupree will be. So I think for Tennessee, getting someone athletic um, or someone that could be a nice little run stuffer on the edge. How about Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia uh, right there for, you know, the the Tennessee Titans uh, out of Georgia? Guy that's a good run uh, edge setter in the run game, physical player, um, someone that you can trust to keep your defense on pace. Because you have Harold Landry on one side and you brought in Bud Dupree, but Ojalara gives you someone that, to help stop the you know the bleeding in case Bud Dupree is not ready to go 100% by uh, training camp. Yeah, it's interesting too. I guess Peter King said this morning some people have some concerns about Ojalari's knee or knees. But again, you never know if that's the truth or that's someone that wants him to slide or whatever. And we don't know that. We got to go by what we see from these guys on tape. And what he's put on tape is – Pretty darn good. All right, the Jets are up now. And they could think about a linebacker like Uwusu Koromora from Notre Dame. Uh, But I I think if it plays out this way, they would go for an edge guy. The question is, is it Quiddy Pay? Is it Jason Owe? Um, I'm going to say they should take Owe. Uh, Look, they're just not making people like him. He's 6'5", 257, and runs a legit 4'3", Never played a down of football until his junior year of high school. Everybody talks about how he had no sacks this past year. If you watch Penn State, he was in the backfield a lot, number one. Number two, he had five sacks the year before rotating with Etor Gross, Matos, and, and uh, Shaka Tony. So it's like nobody ever brings up the fact, like, and now he's never had a sack. He had five sacks the year before as like a rotational DN. So anyway, Jason Oway is the pick for the Jets at 23. Steelers are on the clock at 24. Yeah, at 24. You know what? The the more I watch Najee Harris film at Alabama, it, the more it, 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 it became evident that he was actually wearing a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform out there on the field. So it just naturally makes sense that he goes to Pittsburgh with this pick, another place where there's a gaping hole at running back. And he fits everything that they want. He's a he's Le'Veon Bell-like in terms of his elusiveness, his ability to be a threat as a receiver, his ability to be a, a fantastic running back with his vision, working front side to back side, home run, slam dunk, case closed pick right there. I'm going with Najee Harris. The Jaguars are on the clock now at 25, and I feel like Urban Meyer knows – he needs to win up front. He needs to get better up front, both sides of the ball. You know, that's a big reason for his success at Florida and Ohio State. Um, O-line looks okay. I think D-line is where they really need someone. And I think he's going to take a big swing with Christian Barmore, the D-lineman from Alabama, the D-tackle. Not great against the run right now, but can be an interior disruptor. 
and that's what they want. Christian Barmore would go to the Jaguars at 25. At pick 26 are the Cleveland Browns. They bring in Jadevian Clowney uh, as a free agent. But I think he's best rushing, you know, as far as playing the pass on the interior. So they're going to need another edge rusher that can get off the off the ball, provide that pass rush consistency, and someone that has upside. He's long, athletic. He's actually my number one edge rusher, and that's going to be Joe Tryon out of Washington. So now you put Tryon, Clowney, and Garrett out there on the field uh, at the same time. Good luck offensive line that you face. Tryon will be my pick at 26. 27, it's the Ravens. And I, I think the Ravens, look, at this point, you get a, get a guy like Quiddy Pay, who uh, is a physical phenom, stout against the run. And I just can picture, you know, Wink Martindale being able to move him around and use him. And he reminds me of the guys they lost in Gakway. Matthew Judon, some similarities there. I would take Quiddy Pay at 27 at that point if I'm the Ravens. Man, I'm glad you bypassed this guy because I, I look at New Orleans and I look at New Orleans needing another impact player. Now, I can go into the secondary and grab that guy, but because you passed on him, I'm taking Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa at linebacker. I don't care which linebacker spot you want to play him. He's excellent. You have Demario Davis. You drafted Zach Bond last year out of Wisconsin, who's a speed burst guy coming off the edge. Zayvon Collins is just a guy that you want to play defense for you because he's good on both ends of defense. He can play coverage very well, has good ball skills, good instincts. He's 270 now. Uh, it's almost LeVon Kirkland territory uh, being able to hold his own on the inside. But I'm going Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa for New Orleans. You know, uh, two things. One is it'd be so fun – to do this again, Emery, and flip. You do the odds, I do the evens, and just see how different it ends up. You know, just see how much of a change that ends up making. Um, also, I mentioned this on the Ross Tucker podcast. Please go to 100flowers.com. Use the code FOOTBALL to get your mom flowers. It's the easiest and best Mother's Day gift. 100flowers.com, code FOOTBALL, or... Have your mom enter the DraftKings thing, <laughs> the $50,000 free-to-play pool using the code Ross. Just tell her to get the app on her phone. All right, so if it plays out this way, I think that the Packers would be thrilled to take Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame and because they need they need an off-the-ball linebacker. They got, they're pretty good up front with the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark, pretty good on the back end. They need a three-down coverage linebacker, and that's what Owusu Koromoa is. You know, that's almost an ideal fit for them. I agree with you. They need someone. They've been needing that guy for quite some time, to be quite honest. And and Owusu Koromoa would, would be outstanding uh, for Green Bay. At pick 30 are the Buffalo Bills. You know, this is a very good defense. So I want to make that defense even better. Um, I almost thought about going tight in here with Pat Fryermuth. Um, putting him up front with, on that offense, but I wouldn't let Dawson Knox develop. I'm going to go defense. Asante Samuel Jr., give me all the ball skills and instincts and put him out there on the corner. I think he's going to be a phenomenal pro. I can see that. I can see them doing that. Uh, 31, the Baltimore Ravens. 
A lot of ways they could go here. Uh, I think they'd be torn at this point between like a Rashad Bateman, you know, that type of guy, or an Elijah Moore, one of these receivers, and Tevin Jenkins, the tackle from Oklahoma State. You know, they lose Orlando Brown, who they just traded to Kansas City over the weekend. Tevin Jenkins is a people mover in the run game. Exactly what the Ravens want. I know there's some reports that they might sign Alejandro Villanueva or whatever. I think they'd rather have a guy like Jenkins, a young guy um, who's also probably cheaper. I think that's who they would take. They'll take a receiver next round probably, but get Jenkins now. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think signing Sammy Watkins kind of helped alleviate the immediate need for a wide receiver. Plus, you have guys that you drafted last year in Duvernay and Prochet that should develop in your system. So they feel a little bit more stable at receiver. Like you said, they can go receiver elsewhere in the draft. There's tons of receivers you can find. So rounding out this first round with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want to help them get younger up front, a pressure player on the inside. So I'm going with Levy on Wuzuriki out of Washington, the defensive tackle. Didn't play this year, but definitely someone that has the quicks off the ball that can find his way into the backfield and be a pressure player. Just makes that defense even tougher in 2021. That'll do it for round one, Emery. I don't know if there's a way we can publish this, but that'll do it for round one. Some of the players still on the board, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Nick Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri, Gregory Rousseau, didn't go in the first round. Samuel Cosme, Kadarius Toney, Alex Leatherwood, Jamin Davis, Boogie Basham, Landon Dickerson. A lot of guys didn't end up going in the first. Look, it happens every year. Every year they think 50 guys are going in round one. It's never been more than 32. I promise. It's never been more than 32. Emery, that was fun, wasn't it? It was fun. It kind of, you know, keeps you on your toes going back and forth. And you kind of think things through because if not, let, for instance, if Pittsburgh, if, if Landon Dickerson had been healthy any parts of his career for an extended period of time, I probably would have gone Landon Dickerson with Pittsburgh because they definitely want to, they need a center um, that, that needs to start right now. But again, you look at the second round, opportunity to get Dickerson, opportunity to get Myers from Ohio State. But that's the type of games you have to play with yourself if you're uh, drafting these, these players. That was awesome. All right. So next week, Emery and I on Monday, we will start to go through the draft. Our thoughts on what all the teams did should be awesome. Keep it right here. Make sure you subscribe to the College Draft Podcast. Still time to get the footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. As many of you remember from this past season or know, we will make picks against the spread this fall when college football is back as well. So a great podcast to have as part of your repertoire other than that the keg is kicked we are all tapped out thanks for listening to the college draft podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast fantasy feast even money and the business of sports all available at apple podcasts RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found a lot of times on the show i mentioned DraftKings. here's what you need to know you got to be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 100 gambler or in indiana 109 with it by the way 
if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 